0: To paraphrase the late great Rowdy Roddy Piper, just when you think you have all the answers, the questions change. That's kind of how I feel about the wrestling card market, which is today's topic. What's up wrestling fans, trading card collectors, welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards. I'm your host, Zan Morning. you can check me out on all social platforms at Zan Morning. Over the course of doing videos on my YouTube channel, this podcast you're listening to, as well as the Worlds Collide podcast and any other podcast or video platforms that I have appeared on, The topic of the wrestling card market has always been an evolving situation. When I first started creating content around wrestling cards a few years ago, the older stuff was all the rage. Wrestling All-Stars, 85 Tops, 90s Attitude Era releases, and then pretty much any kind of autograph. But now, things have definitely changed. Is this for the good? Is it for the bad? Well, before we get too deep into that conversation today, just a quick reminder of how you can help show your support for my content. Please hit that subscribe button wherever podcast platform you're listening to this on and leave me a review. That review definitely helps more listeners that are into wrestling cards or into wrestling or sports cards find this podcast to listen to. And another thing you can do with that is tell a friend, share it, wrestling fan, sports card collector, it doesn't matter, just spread the word about this podcast. And don't forget to check the links in the show notes to all the other things I've got going on, the YouTube channel, the Worlds Collide podcast, as I mentioned, the Wrestling with Cards Patreon page is down there, my eBay store, and much more. So, lots of changes to talk about. With the ever-moving changes in markets and wrestling cards, it's very hard to keep up with. So again, just a quick timeline of what I have personally seen. Wrestling cards have been around forever, and we, as collectors, all have different backgrounds. Some new, some old and everybody's collecting something different. When I first got more seriously into just wrestling cards, like I said, people seemed to be going after that older stuff, all-stars, tops, 90s stuff. But then it slowly started changing. All of a sudden, I start seeing more people buying chrome stuff and Parallels. I see more people getting into indie cards, and shout out to Caleb, who started creating content around indie cards. Started seeing more obscure foreign releases. That has now evolved into ultra-modern Panini era stuff, and we're kind of seeing everything from all over the place now. And so are the prices. The cards that everybody thought were safe places to put their money have eventually started losing their luster, mainly from a monetary standpoint. Many of these cards are still collectible and sought after by people coming into the hobby or maybe they're set collectors. The one example I can point to is the 2002 Flutter Royal Rumble cards. The set that has the big four rookies in it, for a refresher, that is John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. That set with those four guys, is the undisputed rookie cards for those. Because, as we all know, wrestling card rookie cards, always something that's kind of a hot topic. Those are great cards, and again, no arguing. Those are the true rookies. But the prices have plummeted. You could also point to many of the older cards that are kind of doing the same thing. The next big craze we saw was the gold rush, pun intended. Gold refractor everything. Starting with tops, and then kind of going into other brands, and then eventually hitting the pinnacle with prism golds. And since Panini has officially taken over the WWE license for the time being, it's been a complete 180 with the market. Every Panini release has had more and more people buying, collecting, and curating. The community seems to hate sticker autographs, yet they continue to sell really well in Panini products. With all of the changes and how has that affected sales, every month we seem to have more and more record-breaking sales within wrestling cards. Sometimes it's vintage stuff that holds steady or it's really high-grade but then other times it's a raw, scratched up, one-of-one shiny card. Some people hate this, some people think it's a fad, others will praise it, but this is something that's also become a topic of discussion forever now in the sports card world. So with all the new collectors coming in, how has that changed sales and who is or isn't collectible now within the community? Prospecting has picked up some steam with the Panini products, and I will say that, in my opinion, that has a lot to do with that official rookie card badge. The quality of products that people want, you know, RPAs and shiny cards. Not to mention, 2021 had a killer rookie card class from WWE and Panini releases. So we have established that we have a lot more collectors in wrestling cards now. And with new products coming out, people are loving them for the most part. This is great, in my opinion, overall for the wrestling card hobby, but there are still some things that just confuse me. Because I have an eBay store that does a lot of activity, quick plug for that, let's talk about some interesting market examples that I've seen. For example, Rhea Ripley, just won a Royal Rumble, huge fan base. But a while back I was able to get a Prism Green Pulsar, which those are out of 25, that's an autograph. I got it in a trade and it just sat there. This wasn't something that I specifically bought for a PC, it was just something that kind of came with a bunch of other cards. And for the longest time, I had it listed at a, in the $150, $175 range with best offer on. At the time of recording, I had received a handful of offers that were like $20 to $30. But eventually, somebody paid up $100 for it. That was more than what I had in it, so I was like, let's just cut bait and move on. So in my opinion, buying from a reactionary activity, like what we sometimes see in sports cards, hasn't really caught up with wrestling yet. And it may never. It may be that wrestling cards are continually going to be character-driven and fan base driven Some more interesting notes from my store, though. When you look at social media, you see the big auction sites and the big-time cards with The Rock and Steve Austin and Roman Reigns. You see those all over the place. The big sales get the big praise from collectors for these cards. However, I believe it is specific cards. So in my store, I have some graded stuff in PSA slabs, no less of some of the names of what I've just spoke about, some of the greatest of all time, some of them in 10s, some of them aren't 10s, but they're rarer cards. They are all the cards of the talent that people claim to want. Yet, they just sit in my store, and maybe I have them priced too high, but again, that's why I have Best Offer turned on, and I'm always willing to wheel and deal. But that being said, I've had people come in and pay well over $100 for graded Austin Theory rookie cards, and I sell base cards of Legends and even I don't mean any disrespect, but no-name wrestlers of the past by the hundreds, by the thousands, for $1.50 each shipped. And those are cards that many people in the hobby tell you are crap. Nobody wants base cards, nobody wants action shot cards, nobody wants moment cards. But I can tell you, they still sell. Maybe education is the problem. I've heard a lot of bright minds in the wrestling card space and sports card space talk about that recently. Whether it's new collectors, whether it's long-time collectors, Many just don't have the knowledge of how things work with some of these newer branded and newer style of cards from Panini or even from Upper Deck that we're seeing come in. They don't understand the shiny specific card parallels or the unnumbered animal skin parallel or a specific brand of a card that's coming out of a, maybe it's a relic, maybe it's just a base card. They don't understand why those things are selling for more than an autograph, which has always been the chase card for most wrestling card collectors. And while the saying always goes, There's no right or wrong way to collect. That being said, I do think it is very important to become educated on what it is you're doing, and specifically when it comes to buying and selling. Do some homework. Know what your purpose or why it is you are buying or selling the specific cards that you are. And my hope is that this podcast, any of the videos I put out on my YouTube channel, any of the wrestling card content out there that you're consuming, no matter who it is or where it is, I hope that that all helps you get a little bit more educated and some way, shape, or form. And I hope that helps you along your hobby journey. None of us are going to have all of the answers. None of us are experts, although there's some people on Twitter that claim to be. But if you can do anything to help anyone out, whether that's growing collection, being educated, or whether anything that I can do on this podcast, then we've done our jobs. So like many of you out there, I don't think I will ever understand the wrestling card market completely, but that's okay. I love keeping an eye on it, trying out new things, trying to learn and evolve. I said recently in an episode of the World's Collide podcast that I love consuming all this content about WWE Impeccable. I don't own a single WWE Impeccable card. I own a couple of football cards, but no WWE ones. But I continue to want to learn because as soon as that carrying Cross Impeccable comes out, if that ever does, or as soon as that other card that I've been looking for forever, when that comes out, I've gotta have it, so I wanna be educated on what I'm buying when that eventually comes out. After all the things that I've talked about today, the markets and all of the you know ups and downs and what people understand and what they don't, little bit off topic, but it's actually led me to start building a new PC. But don't worry, I'm not pumping and dumping, not one of those people. All the things that I've talked about forever now that I love, that I'm working on, the carry and Cross super kill action, like that, 82, 83 All-Stars, the ECW autograph sets, the one-offs like a Hogan PMG or a Rock Auto, all of those are still firm PC holds for me and there's things that I'm still continuing to work on and build. I absolutely love that stuff. Every single day I talk about them, look at them, it just makes me happy and remember why I even started this in the first place. But, with the combination of the wrestling card market that I can't seem to figure out, and some of my other interests and connections with things that are not exactly wrestling related, I have decided to start another new PC. But we're going to wait and talk about that on the next episode of this podcast. As far as this episode goes, what do you think of the ever-changing wrestling card market? What are some trends, either in the positive or negative direction, that you have noticed? I'd love to hear from you about this topic and this specific podcast episode. Reach out to me on social media. Tag me in it. Let's get a conversation going. And if this episode brought you some sort of value, entertainment, fun, whatever it is, if it, if it connected with you in some sort of way, please hit that subscribe button. Leave me a review and spread the word about this podcast. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes to all the other things that I have going on and ways that you can support. And until next time, keep collecting. Keep having fun. No matter what that is, we'll see you.